This week on Hyperspace Broadcast, we discuss possibly the most depressing episode of a Batman animated series ever. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hyperspace Broadcast, a show where two real friends dig through Toonami's back catalog and try to determine what, if anything, is worth revisiting. I'm Michael Doak. I'm Peter Eby. And this week we are continuing our coverage of Batman Beyond uh, with episodes 14 through 26, finishing off season two. Uh, Again, like pretty much all of these episodes, uh, there really is no plot stuff to speak of, so... We're just going to dive straight into our Zeniths and Nadirs. Peter, what is your favorite episode of this block? My favorite episode of this block, unequivocally, is Season 2, Episode 21, <laughs> this Plague. surprises me not at all, considering that once it was over, you said, well, that was a really good episode. Yeah, <laughs> Almost I, I to yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those episodes where I wrote in my notes, That's, this is the Zenith. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, makes sense. It, it is quite good. Yeah, I, I really like this. Um this episode is an episode in which this like villainous organization is going to release a super virus over the world and you know basically they're going to hold the world hold Gotham ransom or they're going to release a super virus that's basically just going to kill everyone in Gotham. And so uh the uh I don't know Department of Defense or whatever yeah, hires it's the NSA I'm pretty sure. Oh the NSA, yeah, they hire none other than Stalker the like crazed kind of like hunter guy from before who you know was gonna hunt batman as like the ultimate prey <laughs> with this this episode actually starts with nelson the like jock from high school returning <laughs> yeah, on a, right. on a <laughs> returning from his field trip who, who and he gets we've... stopped by the uh by the tsa and <laughs> for like having a vial of Dead, deadly like neurotoxin in his yeah, pocket or whatever this is a fo- i mean two things first we've neglected to mention that nelson is voiced by uh what seth green right oh yeah yeah which is interesting that's just a little tidbit it's seth, it's seth green playing a bully like he did in the 101 misdeeds of eddie mcdowd <laughs> <laughs> for yeah, what yeah. i assume is <laughs> one pilot episode yeah, yeah. I, I also have to assume that at some point in the future, Nelson turns into a dog who has to, you know, yeah. my name is Earl, his way back through his whole life so he can become a real boy again. Um, yeah. But but so so that's fun. Uh, the second thing is that this scene is hilarious uh, until eventually you find out that the TSA agent is actually an agent named Falseface who can, like, shapeshift his face. Uh, but he, he finds this vial of you know t- like some kind of fucking v- super virus in nelson's bag and he's just like all right well you shouldn't have this i guess you can go yeah <laughs> like, it's just the, like so lenient <laughs> yeah it is some real pre-9-11 uh security basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> where he's just like well just barely <laughs> yeah th- th- there's a point where he's like you know, Nelson's like, oh, I mean, I wasn't paying attention to where my bag was for a moment. And just hearing that blew my mind. <laughs> so it's like, what? Like, God damn it. Every time well, you fly, like all over the airport, don't do well, that so ever. 
Stalker is introduced to this episode attacking Nelson, and it's just like <laughs> at first I was like, "What? So is Nelson now the ultimate prey?" <laughs> like, yeah, right. <laughs> or is he like you hear like, "Oh, maybe he's just maybe because he couldn't get Batman, he's just like, oh, I'm just gonna take it a step lower, <laughs> go for the Batman's high school bully." Yeah, go for the jock guy in Batman's high school. <laughs> but you know, actually, Stalker is after the uh, the horrible virus vial that was like basically slipped through TSA via Nelson unwittingly. Um, and it turns out, yeah, this organization, there's basically this, this guy who I thought was going to be Clayface, but his, he's just a guy who can mold his face with his hands and change it into other faces. Yeah. They call him false face. Um, he's part of this organization called Cobra, uh, no real relation to G.I. Joe, but yeah, I kind of thought yeah. it was. <laughs> I, I've looked into it. There seems to be no relation other than, like, you know, maybe just the sort of circle jerk of, you know, comics writers ripping each other off that was Fan happening fit. at the time. Like, so there's some, some crossover fix. Oh, 100% sure. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't help that one of the, like, the head Cobra guy is frequently depicted looking pretty much exactly like Serpentor. Like, stupid looking headdress and everything oh yeah <laughs> so well, i think they, they even referred to cobra command and i'm like come on <laughs> <laughs> but in any case cobra's pretty cool like it's this evil organization they're going to take over and uh yeah like i said they're holding the city ransom and so agent bennett this like t this nsa agent not the tsa guy <laughs> <laughs> this tsa agent is <laughs> this nsa badass. agent hired hired stalker and is also like basically hires Batman into stopping this from happening because good God. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because agent Bennett was just in a previous episode kind of as a villain. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's weird to see him here be, you know, semi heroic. Yeah. But what this ultimately turns into is a buddy cop episode. It's basically like lethal weapon. It's awesome. Like you get these two unlikely, uh, unlikely allies who kind of hate each other. Although there's kind of more of like a, a, a student like a, a teacher pupil relationship between them at times because like obviously stalker is very good at what he does and batman is he's great at what he does but he's also pretty young and a little naive yeah right and it kind of like playfully treads in all the buddy cop tropes in a way that's fun and uh i thought there's like some fun twists and turns to it too like when you 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 find out like they're originally gonna like just give out free money <laughs> and all the well, money has yeah they're like poisoning money at the mint they're like yeah. coating it with this virus so it will infect people obviously who and so it. but in, but then like they stop that but then they realize that Cobra has infected Falseface who got away uh they completely infected him just as like a backup plan and it suddenly becomes this like chase to gr to get uh false face as soon as possible and there's like right. some great oh there's a great little moment where like it looks like stalker's gonna kill batman but he saves him and he's like well you know i need to kill you on my terms you know yeah right he's gonna leave him to die you mean and then he ends up saving him i think yeah right? yeah yeah and, then and it, it was it's like heartwarming. It's got every this episode's got everything, man. I, I really liked it. Yeah, and there's like the the chase with false face is fun too, of course, because he can yeah. shape shift. So, you know, he like tra he changes his face into Nelson's face. 
at yeah. one point, and then Terry's yeah. like, "Wait, hold on, that's got to be him." You know, there's there's a lot of fun stuff like False that. False face also really good with a taser. It's like his only <laughs> weapon is a taser, and he just kicks ass with it. Yeah, he absolutely stomps a uh, stalker in one fight with just a fucking like little taser, like the yeah. guy at Seven Eleven has, like. Yeah, it, it's not even like a it's futuristic, a weird. like cool taser. It's just like, yeah, it's okay. And it's it's also not even a taser that like shoots. It's it's just no, one it's of those ones. It's like a stun ordinary. gun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's it's a little funny, but what what was your favorite episode? Mine was season two, episode fourteen, eyewitness. Now I will say that this episode is going to be ruined somewhat by my summary, but uh, you know. It helps that the synopsis for the episode on the website and everywhere that I've seen it really uh, kind of spoils the whole game, which is yeah. annoying, but whatever. Literally uh, says, spy- the, the, the description to a T, Spellbinder frames Batman for murder. Oh, yep. well, okay. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> like- the way that this episode plays out is that uh, Batman fights Mad Stan, another return of Mad Stan, which is fun, uh, who is trying to blow up a, like, campaign fundraising event, uh, like an event for donors for Barbara Gordon's husband, who's running for re-election as DA. Um, He's trying to blow it up because the political process is corrupted by money, etc. Batman stops him. And then Batman proceeds to beat him to death with like a giant oil drum, basically. Yeah. Or let's, I think it's like the bomb that uh, Mad Stan was planning on using. And Barbara Gordon witnesses this and is like, oh shit, Batman just fucking murdered somebody. So she's now on the hunt for Batman. And, uh, you know, there's a scene where she confronts Bruce about it and basically says, look, this has to stop. Uh, and I'm bringing Terry in. And that's going to expose both your and my secrets, but, you know, it's worth it because this has gone too far, which is a fun little scene. That's, like, one of the reasons I like this episode a lot. And then you got Bruce and Terry, like, teaming up to figure out the mystery, but, like, Bruce is is a little, like, initially suspicious of him still, like, uh, he could have really done this. (laughs) Yeah, and the whole episode plays it pretty straight. I mean, Terry denies it, obviously, but, like, you know the audience is basically put in the same position as Barbara is where we see what she sees. So we see Terry killing the guy and he then just, you know, mad Stan then just disappears. Like he might as well be dead. Um, yeah. as it turns out, of course, uh, spellbinder has, you know, brainwashed Barbara Gordon into seeing this thing, uh, in order to get rid of Batman. And then in the end, you know, Batman uncovers spellbinder, etc. Uh, I was a little disappointed with the ending of this one. Yeah, it is just a little it, lame. Because it, it's like a little rushed. And also it's just like the, like Barbara and the cops are confronting Batman. And Spellbinder is comically like standing behind them. Like, I assume just waving his arms around doing his cool magic. Yeah, right, right. With this little <laughs> orb that brainwashes people. Uh, yeah, and he's like invisible. But Batman uses something, some kind of technology to see him. And then, like, but when he does, it's just kind of like, oh, so he's just kind of lurking back there the whole time. <laughs> yeah, right. And then he he breaks the orb, and then they immediately just turn around and arrest Spellbinder. Yeah, <laughs> like he has no like escape over. plan. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, at least Mad Stan's still alive. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's actually one of my favorite parts oh, of the yeah, episode yeah. is that later it's you know it's like, well, so what happened to Mad Stan? And it turns out that he's been in this uh, virtual reality rig 
that Spellbinder used in a previous episode, that episode being uh, The Fix, I believe. Yeah, yeah. No, Hooked Up. Same thing. Uh, And apparently this whole time, Mad Stan's just been fantasizing about bombing City Hall. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is pretty funny. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I, I, I like that they, you know call back to a previous episode this season yeah, with spellbinders fun. little like shed of hollow bubbles yeah. um but yeah like it's a fun episode it is unfortunately undercut by the fact that the description for it completely spoils the whole plot twist yeah I mean, when the twist happened I, guess, I was like yeah i wish i didn't uh see that <laughs> like i guess it's not really a twist necessarily because you kind of know terry didn't do it but like who's behind it and the whole mystery yeah. aspect of the episode is pretty much completely removed by the description which is unfortunate um but i i still thought it was really fun and it kind of seems like terry might do something like that like he's been less concerned with the safety of villains than bruce was oh, through yeah, pretty much definitely. this whole show so you know maybe he would i don't know and as i said earlier the scene with barbara confronting bruce is fun yeah uh, i like those little callback things it's just a fun episode uh in contrast what was your least favorite episode uh my least favorite was episode 22 april moon uh, this episode I just feel like this episode, it's kind of like the plot is all right. It's, it's you know, you get these punks have been cybernetically enhanced and they all have kind of ridiculous enhancements. Well, uh, they, yeah. they I'll, we'll get into that. Give me a second. <laughs> they, they like, you know, they start robbing banks and then they go back to this doctor and they kind of just extort this doctor. Um, well, they totally, you know, because they kidnapped <laughs> his completely, wife. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, they extort him into, like, giving them free, uh, you know, free, like, tune-ups when they get damaged and stuff. Uh, from there, we learn, like, the love story of the Doctor. Uh, it's, the love story is just, was really stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing, really. He's like, we fell in love all over a bowl of cereal. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, it's really just like the, the whole love story is kind of non-existent. It's like, I was a doctor. Yeah. She was my nurse. She was really pretty. And then like, I don't know. She like kind of brought out the child in me again or something, but it's yeah, really, right. I don't know. It's just really, uh, superfluous honestly like i didn't need to know their fucking love story to understand she brings him cereal and and she's like i had a feeling you never eat you've never eaten frosted flakes even as a kid they're like crazy flakes or something yeah right they're not actually frosted and then she (laughs) says they're crazy and uh tony the tiger smashes through the window and starts break dancing or something i guess yeah yeah no she's like i had a feeling you've never eaten crazy flakes even as a kid and he's like How'd you know? And then, like, that's how <laughs> they fall in love. In love. Now. <laughs> it's just like, uh, okay. But let's talk about these dumb punks, because, like... Oh, man, the, the punks, punks are hilarious. <laughs> yeah, okay. So they're just, like, there's one of them has, like, whips that come out of his wrists. They're, like, iron whips. It's pretty cool. They, like, yeah, slap he's cool. the ground and just really break everything. Probably the coolest one. There's another one that has, like, basically, like, blunt-ended, like, maybe, like, hammers, I guess. That, yeah, he can... Cover, co- they come over, cover his arms. He, he basically has like robotic hole cans, really. Because at one point yeah. he definitely has fists and they're just big like robo fists at the end of his normal arms. It's yeah. pretty goofy. 
And then there's the, the big dude, like, has this absurd transformation where he completely gets covered by armor that comes out of his back and has, like, this full plate armor that looks really stupid. I actually like the plate armor, for the record. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And, like, and the, I mean, fair of enough, course, but... The coup, the coup de gras. Yeah, the fucking <laughs> champion. Yeah, is the man who was cyberized to have chainsaws that come out of his wrists and his knees. Yes, <laughs> the wrists, cool, awesome. Dude yeah, with yeah. chainsaws coming out of his hands, I'm down. He has chainsaws coming out of his knees also. And yeah, because of this, because <laughs> they, of this, he wears shorts. And there's something about that that's so weird to me. Like, aside from the fact that he has chainsaws coming out of him, his costume is so normal. He yeah, just, yeah. like, he looks like a grown up Charlie Brown with chainsaws coming out of his joints. And the, the knees are such a fucking liability because every com- every fight he's in with Batman, he gets shoved to the ground and his chainsaws rip apart on the floor. <laughs> yeah, and then it just, like, because, cripples like, his knee. Also, with the slams end. Slams into the concrete. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, I mean, I'm just gonna run through the rest of the plot if you don't mind. Well, like, yeah, yeah. Well, well, let me, let me. Okay, like go the, for it. In, in the end, like, yeah, the doctor finds out that his his wife is actually with them and is, makes out with one of them. Oh my god! And he like freaks out and almost has like a Tommy Wiseau style freak out. Like, <laughs> I, could, I could picture him start like pulling shit shit off the uh, off the dresser, yeah, just like lazily off. sweeping it off, and then pulling some <laughs> drawers out, and then like yeah, just throwing <laughs> a TV off the off the your uh, one of the best scenes <laughs> in film apartment. history. Honestly, like just and just then, the point where Tommy Wiseau's tearing the drawers out of the dresser. <laughs> except the bottom one and then he just like tips the dresser over (laughs) he can't be bothered to take out the last drawer so that happens and he's like i made a code phrase you know like it's like batman has to guess but there's a code phrase that deactivates the guys and there the one cool it starts getting very this episode actually gets really cool at the very end where batman is like about to be cut cut his like fucking throat's gonna get cut by the chainsaw dude and he's just like I figured it out. April moon, which is like a code phrase of his wife yeah, and like right. the picture of her by the moon. Yeah. It's a and, song uh, also that uh, yeah, I'm not familiar right. with, uh, yeah. but whatever. <laughs> it's and immediately like this <laughs> chainsaw dude starts completely falling apart. Like his, yeah, his right. legs and arms just collapse. Yeah, and it's his just legs like and arms horrifying fly kind of. off. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And he's just, like, left, like, kind of limbless on the ground. He's like, ah! (laughs) And everyone else, like, all their shit starts falling apart. And then, uh, eventually, like, Whiplash, I think, ends up escaping. I believe, is what he calls himself. Whiplash would be a Marvel villain. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Whatever. The the leader of the bunch, he leaves, and then the the doctor escapes, too. And Batman's like, ah, I wonder what happened to them. And he, he... basically you find out that whiplash doesn't know that the doctor knows about uh the cheating and so whiplash just comes to him bullwhip <laughs> bullwhip whatever <laughs> bullwhip comes to him and it's like hey man fix me up all right and then uh, i think your wife will be okay okay and then he's like yeah man i'll fix you up and he like <laughs> just like turns on this power drill and he's like that's right uh, no holding back. <laughs> yeah, right. it, it, it cuts to black as he's like moving the drill towards the camera. Presumably, yeah, this like, guy's POV. Like he's gonna murder his ass. He's gonna like torture and kill this guy, and that's how the episode ends. And it's Which like, is crazy. That was so fucking dark. That's really bold. Like that was pretty cool. 
But yeah. the episode overall, I thought was kind of uninspired and kind yeah. of just boring. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a big fan of this one either, to be honest. One of the things that I find a little strange about it is like uh, the impression that I got once they show uh, April like hanging out with the gang is that this was all some kind of, like, big ploy in order for them to have some cyberneticist come and, you know, jack them up with cool robo-limbs. Uh-huh. But I don't think that's the implication. I think they just kidnapped her, and then she was like, oh, well, I guess you can, like, give me money or whatever, so I'm okay with you now. It's really strange. I don't know. There's something about it. There's there's some kind of... uh missing thread there that right. it's it's kind sense. of unclear like her her motives yeah are, are unclear in a way that don't seem to hint at like deeper complication complications to the whole thing but or complexity it, it just kind of hints that like they didn't really think about her plot <laughs> right like even the slightest bit of where she was coming from would be nice yeah. because she's basically absent from the whole episode, despite being, you know, the bag of treasure that the whole thing revolves <laughs> around. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, what was your least favorite episode? All right. So mine was not an episode that I actually think is bad, but I have a personal vendetta against it. Uh, <laughs> this is season two, episode 26. It's the last one of the season. It's called Ace in the Hole. And. This episode features the backstory of Ace, Bruce's dog, uh, and also involves Ace like running off and then getting captured by a dog catcher and sold back to his previous owner, who's a guy who runs dog fights. And yeah, basically, like this episode has some great scenes. Like there's a really the you know the the scene of Ace and Bruce Wayne meeting for the first time, like while Bruce is visiting the site of his parents' death, you know, on whatever anniversary, uh, and this, like, you know, dog who's been on the streets and stuff, like, comes up to him, uh, is really touching. And just in general, like, Ace is a cool dog, and, like, I can, you know, it's very easy to sympathize with a dog. So having a full episode of, like, following Ace, uh, kind of surviving on the streets is, you know, suitably sad and well done the thing that i don't like about this episode is that it's pretty much an episode about dog fighting and like it just feels way too real (laughs) like in the middle of all these big comic book villainy kinds of things having this episode about a very real crime that's just upsetting to think about in general is fucking weird and it's just kind of unsettling i don't know and it's even worse when, like, because they, like, it's revealed that now they're mutated, using, like, mutagen on the dogs, and right. basically just turning them to fucking monsters. And it's like, dude, those dogs, like, the episode, this episode just ends with, you know, the, they, Batman has to fight one of the huge dogs, and, right. you know, they, they knock it out, I guess. And then, you know, Ace chases down the guy and makes him jump off the boat, and he's, he's hanging from his underwear off the edge of the boat. That's yeah. funny. Well, and then by it's his like, coat, really. It's not, uh, sure. it's not quite that comedic, but... Yeah, yeah. It, well, and, like... It, <laughs> and so the episode ends like that, and it's like, wow, you know, like, in my mind, I was like, I could use something... What I would love, both because I work at an animal sanctuary, yeah, and right. because it would be fucking hilarious, is if they had the giant mutant, like a shot of the giant mutant dogs in the news being like accepted into a sanctuary for giant mutant <laughs> dogs, where these caretakers yeah, right, have to right, like being taken care of, carefully work with them. 
Yeah. And I just thought that would be both more heartwarming and reassuring than otherwise, like, oh, they're just going to get killed. <laughs> yeah, right, fucking right. monsters. <laughs> it's, it's just like, I mean, yeah, what, what it comes down to for me is it's just too real a crime. Like, yeah. it, it's like if Batman had to investigate a hate crime. Like, it feels oh, God, like that. Yeah. It's just something that feels so real and upsetting in general. And I'll say that hate crimes are more upsetting. Uh, I'll get that out of the sure. way. But I don't know. It's it's just too real. And also, I have a personal vendetta against this episode, as I said it off the top, because I saw this episode as a kid, and this is where I learned about the concept of dogfighting. No shit. And I was like 12. Oh, wow. <laughs> it, it utterly disturbed me. So, like, every time I see this, I'm just like, God damn it. Like, why? Why? Why in this yeah. show? It just feels so out of place. Ugh. Wow, and, and that's crazy. Like, again, it's handled pretty well, I think. Like, yeah, it's not yeah. a bad episode. It's done well. It's just, why this topic? You know? Yeah. And, and why wild. did I have to fucking see it as a kid, frankly? Again, yeah. like, it scarred me. Like, it was, it was just like that fucking panel of, do oh, <laughs> of yeah. Doomsday crushing the bird. <laughs> yeah. <dude. laughs> like, it was just like that. Uh,. <laughs> Uh, I, I laugh because I'm broken inside. Um, <laughs> what's your all? What's your honorable mention, Peter? My honorable mention is kind of the goofier episode of this oh, of this oh, whole really? series. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a uh, episode 19, the Egg Baby. Now this is an episode. I don't know if you had a class like this. I never did, but they did at the high at our high school. Yeah, no, this was a thing at some point. Yeah, though. where you would get basically like kind of a, a robot baby or like a very sophisticated baby yeah, doll. Yeah, that's, that's how it is now. It used to be yeah. eggs back in the day. Like you would be given an oh. egg and you would have to not have it be broken. So that's this is kind easy. of a hybrid. I mean, yeah, you would think you could just put it in your fucking locker and forget about it, but, yeah. you know, whatever. But, yeah, with it, so like it, it, with ours, you would have a baby and it's like this is for like a, a class about parenting and stuff. And so you right. take care of like this uh, – high-tech baby doll or whatever that can tell if you kick it or, or something yeah, right. like it, you like have to kind of yeah you have to kind of care for it and yeah. it you know and so this is a futuristic, you do. a futuristic version of that where it's just this little egg with like a face and it like makes different emotions <laughs> and cries a lot yeah right and, uh you know and this episode also so the batman has to take care of one of these and he cannot part with it and like he's partnered with blade <laughs> blade <laughs> who's this girl from his class who just doesn't give a shit and just yeah the popular girl who obviously yeah. has better things to do with her time than take care of a weird robot egg yeah right and so she she just leaves it on uh on terry and terry has to take care of it even while he's batman <laughs> it's pretty funny that he like yeah it's a funny episode he's he's got he's got the egg baby in the in the bat wing and he like stops to stop these criminals which is ma mayhem this is this like big mother character and like her two like doofy sons yeah her dork son and her like big strong idiot yeah. son basically yeah and the, and the you know and they're they're just kind of all over the place and stealing rubies and shit and so batman has to stop and the baby starts crying when he leaves it in the it, in the uh bat wing and uh or I guess it's not the Batwing, it's the yeah, Batmobile, the, the whatever. Batmobile, the flying the, Batmobile, whatever. But, uh, 
<laughs> I just love Bruce Wayne being like, what is that noise? Is that a baby? <laughs> He's like, is there something you have to tell me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, it's just kind of a fun situation that you're forced to put this in. It's almost like baby's day out. In some yeah. Moments. Yeah. Well, well and the, like... the other thing that's pretty funny about it is like, Terry gets the best score in the class because apparently yeah. the egg also needs excitement, like not just nurturing. Yeah. And yeah. there are scenes where he's like flying around with as Batman with the egg and just a backpack. And man, that egg is loving it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the egg loves being Batman and it is pretty funny honestly i'd say the only downside of this episode is it kind of suffers from what i call yoshi's island syndrome which is sure. like hey it's great except you're gonna be hearing a crying baby a lot especially in yoshi's island if you like get hit yoshi yeah, drops all, baby mario right. and it's just constant wah, 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 and it's like awful and this one a lot of the episode is like a lot of just annoying baby crying and yeah. i could really do without that yeah, right. No, that's that's fair. Uh this episode's also notable because my understanding is it was or in like specifically written with the intent of being uh award bait for the academy with the idea uh-huh. being that the academy generally doesn't take animation seriously, big surprise. Yeah. Uh and you know, it was like, well, it's it's a kids show. It should be funny instead of serious. So this episode holds the distinction of if I recall correctly, receiving an Emmy nomination, uh, which none of the rest of the show did, despite there being episodes that are actually, like, really good really and good. dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's this one, which is good, honestly. Like, it's the, the comedy yeah. beats mostly land. Like, it's pretty fun. But, uh, you know. Yeah, this is not <laughs> the best episode of the series. No, nor is it <laughs> representative of the series almost at yeah. all. Like, it's, yeah. it's very different. Um, but it's still pretty fun. Yeah. What was your honorable mention? My honorable mention was season two, episode 20, Zeta. Uh, in this episode, there's like a government assassin slash infiltration robot who is pretending to be a teacher at Terry's school. And it's being <laughs> hunted down by the NSA because it has uh, defied its programming and, you know, is in hiding. Yeah. And basically the idea is that this robot's like, oh, I, you know, was programmed to kill people. Uh, but the most recent person I was programmed to kill technically worked with terrorists, but was basically just an accountant. Yeah, uh, had a and so and all that. yeah, right. So like, I saw his life and was like, I don't want to, you know, deny him this life. So he decided not to kill anymore, uh, and he's on the run from the government. It, specifically, this is the episode with the NSA agent that you uh, mentioned in your favorite episode, yeah, yeah. acting as the villain who's trying to hunt down this robot and reprogram him. Uh, and it's, you know, it's a pretty fun episode, honestly. Like, I think that it leans into sci-fi stuff in a way that the first half of this season didn't as much. Mm-hmm. Like, just having this rogue robot is kind of a cool concept. Yeah, and they yeah. do some fun stuff. Like, there's a scene where uh, near the end, you know, Zeta is being attacked and it seems like he's dead. But actually, he's used his hologram to make himself appear, you know, critically yeah. damaged yeah and like then manages to escape on fire and in pieces <laughs> yeah which is like oh that makes it's a lot a, of sense actually yeah, like really you can idea. do that that that's cool um and you know also this is an episode that is pretty transparently like uh you know 
premise pilot for a spinoff show. Yeah. Uh, and there was a spinoff show, which is part of the reason that I'm mentioning it is the spinoff show, The Zeta Project, is one of the two DCAU properties that I haven't seen any of, uh, the other being Static Shock, sadly. Oh, yeah. But, I, I mean, to be honest, that's really why I'm mentioning it. Like, it's not the best episode of the block, certainly, and it's fine overall, but I think it does some fun stuff, and it's kind of interesting to see, like... Like, for an episode that's very clearly a premise pilot for something else, it mm-hmm. fits pretty well. Like, it doesn't feel... If if I didn't know that already, yeah, yeah. I would not have been like, what's this shit? Yeah, you know what I mean? This is weird. No. Like, it, it feels like it fits in. Um, There are some problems with it. Like, for example, Max basically convinces this robot <laughs> to stop killing in about up. one sentence. <laughs> Yeah, she's just like, oh, you shouldn't kill, and he's like, or he's like, I don't want to kill anymore, and she's like, oh, well, then why do you have guns? And he's like, well, I got to protect myself. People are trying to kill me, and she's like, yeah, but you don't want to kill anymore. And he's like, and, and then he like just instantly walks over to this garbage <laughs> yeah, can. And he's like, throwing away his you're guns. right. And he starts like <laughs> taking every like forty eight different pistols he has hidden in his body and just dropping yeah. them on the ground. And he's like, yep, fuck this. <laughs> it it is like, pretty, yeah. Kind of it, hilarious how easily convinced he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's a funny scene, and and some in general, the episode does feel a little rushed. Like it, it yeah. feels like they were trying to move past. Like, okay, this is the basic idea of this robot. We got to get him to the end point of now he's on the run from the authorities. Um, still, I guess, uh, but. Like they're they're just some fun details. I like that, for example, uh, Zeta's design is the same like frame uh, that we see in the factory that Terry and Howard visit. In Terry's friend dates a robot. Like, oh, really? Yeah, he's like a mass-produced android frame. It seems, which That's is cool. kind of a nice touch. I like that callback kind of stuff. Obviously, um, and then like his body can kind of flex and shift in order to accommodate the holograms yeah so like he pretends to be max and then when he comes out of the max hologram his body kind of expands so they actually try to sell the idea that this robot would be able to you know portray people with vastly different body types yeah right um yeah so it's cool like it's it's a fun episode the action's cool it's got a good premise uh, and it doesn't feel totally out of place despite being you know again yeah, obviously. A, a pilot yeah. for a different show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to go to our break. When we get back, we're going to talk about what we thought about this block, season two overall, and then uh, bet and what we're going to be watching next. <laughs> Finally, an end to the bureaucratic nightmare. Batman Beyond will return in a moment. Hey everyone, it's Michael jumping in during the break to give you some information you may already know or have already intuited. Our opening and closing music is, as always, Vapor Diving, and the music for the bumpers is Monkeys. Both of these tracks are by Anatek, that is A-N-I-T-E-K. I hope I'm pronouncing that right because this is the 117th time I've said that. Uh, you can find more of their music on SoundCloud. Rights were secured through Gemendo. Our next full episode will be releasing on May 20th. And tune in next week for Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds. 
Yes, the Yu-Gi-Oh! show where they race motorcycles while playing a card game against each other. It is crazy. Uh, as always, you can submit a topic or show suggestion for minisodes via DM on facebook.com slash hbpod. Tweet at us at hbpod. Or you can email us at hyperspacebroadcastpod at gmail.com. When she has finished with me... She will come up to you. Thanks for the warning. I'll be sure to look for your name in the obits. And now, back to Batman Beyond. And we are back. Peter, what did you think about this block? I think overall this block was pretty good. Um, the There were... Uh, I think there were a couple more episodes in this block that I... Um, I didn't really care for as much like just there are certain uh there were certain like reveals and premises and stuff that was just like I don't know like I feel like I'm beginning to see some areas where the show gets a little repetitive uh story wise mm-hmm. there are and, also frankly a number of episodes including your personal nadir in this up ep- in this block that the reveal is very obvious. Like, yeah, the the reveal that the code phrase is April Moon is like, yeah, of course it yeah, is. What right. else could it be? Like, there's there's a lot of that which the rest of the show doesn't do as much for me. But sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah, they they do some interesting premises and stuff, and some they have like there's one episode where Terry disappears and Max and uh, Max and Bruce have to team up, but like. Too, to me, in that episode, too much of it was spent on uh, Terry hanging out with like some random street urchin he found underground mm-hmm. and trying to escape than it is on Bruce and Max having to get along and investigate. Because I really like investigation. I like Max. I like Bruce. Yeah, yeah and, and Bruce and Max I like are a fun hate combo. Each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because Bruce really doesn't like Max at all. <laughs> yeah, right. He doesn't trust her. And so, you know, but I thought that was kind of blown potential. Um. But, I will say, you know, in favor of that episode, I was surprised at how not annoying the kid was. That's true. Like, that is a surprisingly okay kid to spend. Like, I, I guess just to clarify that they spend a lot of time with the kid is not like this kid's super annoying so much as it's just more interesting to see Bruce and Max, like, spar verbally. Yeah, than, than seeing Batman just stuck in a room with a kid and being yeah, right. like, what, you'd rather be a villain, like, Blight, than be Batman? Right. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> but so, overall, this block was probably a little more uneven than any of the other ones for me, but... uh damn dude like there's still some really great episodes in this like mm-hmm. the plague episode of course i really loved um there is you know just like some fun villain villain stuff uh there's an episode where like all these kids end up being sent off to uh a disciplinary like resort yeah right right that's a really kind of cool because it's like a this whole cult thing it becomes like this yeah weird disciplinary almost, cult. yeah that's uh, a that's that episode... a pretty fun episode <laughs> In fairness, I fell asleep during that episode and woke up during the episode after that, but I did rewatch it. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> I was just very tired. It happens every once in a while. It's not yeah. like that one Real Adventures of Johnny Quest episode you fell asleep during. <laughs> and when, when I realized you were asleep, I was like, yeah, fair enough. 
This episode's <laughs> fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, uh I I'm going to Well, honestly, I liked this block I think more than I did the first block. Again, that comes down to my bias against this sort of high school stuff because mm-hmm. there's basically none of that in this one except the egg baby it's a lot more of the like kind of big villain stuff that i tend to prefer in my Mm -hmm. batman shows uh and and it's just a wide variety of different villain things too in general like this block features as we said the like cult of terrorists trying to ravage the city with an engineered plague uh, this it also features a tabloid journalist who has a fucking suit that can phase through matter, trying to expose <laughs> Batman. Oh yeah. Uh, there's one who ends up falling through the floor like he glitched in Skyrim. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, yep. Pretty much. <laughs> or played Sonic 06 normally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. <laughs> Uh, and then there's, you know, there's like an episode where Karare comes back and like holds Gotham hostage with a fucking bomb. Yeah. Uh, which has a pretty great action scene in it. But there's just a decent variety of stuff. It's a lot less synecdoche for drugs uh, or, you know, uh, Terry's friends in high school having problems that Batman needs to solve. Like there, right. there's less of that stuff, which I appreciate. Um, and then when they do that stuff, as I said, it's it's done pretty well. So I think I like this a little bit more than the first block of season two. Uh, but moving on to season two thoughts overall, like season one's still better, really. Like season two feels more uneven. And I think I'm going to chalk part of that up just to the fact that it's 26 episodes instead of 13. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I would say they're roughly on par for me. Like I think season two is like. Mm-hmm not it, there's like a little less good than season one but like overall i think they're about on par like i, sure. I kind of got tired of of blight or of uh whatever powers appearing like all the time and well having yeah, an overarching right, villain right. is interesting i thought he was i thought it got a little old weird that he never shows up again it seems <laughs> yeah but... <laughs> no i mean again as i said last episode he doesn't yeah. he just is gone and <laughs> just, I, I feel yeah. like he would be a welcome presence in this season honestly because yeah even just a little bit yeah because this season is a lot more like um just kind of episode of the week stuff too like yeah. it's a lot more monster of the week stuff in general uh than the first season was I don't know. Like, I, I really chalk it up to the fact that it's 26 episodes. Like, it's just hard to maintain a consistent quality throughout mm-hmm. that kind of season. Yeah. So that's probably why. I don't think it's terrible by any means. Um, I think to move on to recommendation, I'd say it's still probably a visit, but a little bit less so than season one for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd give this a visit. You should check this out. It's... Uh pretty awesome right so moving on to the bet uh so our bet was how many times terry missed out on plans because he was batman pretty much not at all like it's weird yeah uh <laughs> they did it so much last block and this block it's like eh, twice yeah sort of because where's terry he misses out on basically an entire day of his life so like that counts i guess <laughs> yeah. uh, and then egg baby is kind of sort of him having to cross batman with you know normal stuff i don't know like 
it's just not as much probably because there's just less high school stuff in general like, and in terms of like why. if we were having because we I, th- I thought we were originally also like well batman has to like it's actually like a deliberate interruption of you know bruce having to like oh yeah that doesn't happen at all interrupt him at all and yeah that doesn't happen at all <laughs> so. right T- terry actually gets to go on a full date with dana yeah. in this block which has a even kiss which has honestly a pretty hilarious wide shot where he and dana kiss and then it cuts to a wide shot where max and howard are also there and they're just kind <laughs> of awkwardly, awkwardly looking in the other direction yeah great (laughs) like a very real moment oh yeah yeah (laughs) um but technically i guessed lower so i won but i think we're just gonna waive it because the bet wasn't very good and if i win then you know it's just then we lose (laughs) exactly i'm the predator we lose you and I'm the me, predator audience. and the alien apparently yeah. yeah um no but basically like i think that having a bet for next block is just going to make it more fun to watch uh also you're going to make us watch hamtaro again if he wins do you understand that <laughs> oh man don't we tempt can't me. go back <laughs> that's horrible i don't want to make that a, pre- a premise but like remember remember our idea where like if yeah, neither if we, of us win yeah we just watch him tara yeah no i we don't want to go back think... and watch more <laughs> i really don't want to do that oh god why did you put that idea in my head we're gonna have we'll to do watch, that at some point nah we should just watch uh i don't know reboot the guardian code again <laughs> no, yeah but there's nothing new to talk about whatever so uh, yeah who cares <laughs> so, so uh the the point is that we're gonna make a new bet um and you had a really good idea this week what, what was your idea oh yeah yeah because yeah. i just noticed it happens multiple times an episode it, it just how many times does batman save someone from falling <laughs> <laughs> yes it is constant it, it's a very classic dc hero trope thing yeah like superman obviously saves falling people all the fucking time but it is still kind of funny how frequently it happens yeah uh, it's it's pretty wild so what how many episodes are in the next season i believe 14 14 it's 13 or 14 i'm gonna say i'm gonna say 16 Ooh, that's ooh. ooh i'm gonna say 12 all right i'm gonna go right, a little I bit like under I'm, I'm curious where this is gonna end up all right so bet locked in uh, what we're going to be watching next week, I was hoping that we could watch The Zeta Project, because as I mentioned, it's one of the two DCAU things I've seen none of. Um, and it would be relevant because, you know, Zeta was introduced in this block, and also in Season 3 there is an episode with Zeta featuring his Zeta Project redesign, which is much lamer looking. <laughs> um but unfortunately, for some reason, The Zeta Project is not on the DC Universe streaming app. I have no idea why that would be. It has to be like a rights issue. Like, why would they salvage fucking Aquaman pilot? <laughs> I mean, I guess I, I was more sarcastically alluding to the fact that no one gives a fuck about the Zeta project. Uh. Like, no one cares about that show. Yeah. Um, which is part of the reason that I haven't watched it. Like, I just didn't even know it existed, honestly. Yeah. So... We're not going to do that because I'm not going to fucking pay out po- out of pocket for each individual Zeta Project episode that we watch. Yeah, like, that's no, just not, not going to happen. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, so instead, we're going to watch something pretty much entirely unrelated, which is Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds. Now, yeah. this is, <laughs> I believe, <laughs> the most recent Yu-Gi-Oh! show. We're watching it because I found a stream of it the other day. This and... is not the most recent Yu-Gi-Oh! show by any really? means. Really? 
No. Oh, no. God. The, okay, the well, most recent geez. is like Yu-Gi-Oh! Vrains. <laughs> even something after that, I think. There's like okay. four sure, other whatever. shows after, after the, 5 The point is, it's a weird dystopian Yu-Gi-Oh! show, and I've seen a number of episodes courtesy of just finding a like streamed marathon on YouTube and deciding to put it on. It is really goofy. Uh, and we're going to, yeah. we're going to talk about it next week. I don't even want to spoil the premise, but it is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Let's if just you... put it this way. What, what dual cycles? Is that what they're called? Yeah. Yeah. In the future, people duel, uh, people du- dueling. Uh, that's when you, uh, play Yu-Gi-Oh against each other. Yeah. Right. Uh, of course. Like the original Yu-Gi-Oh show. Uh, well in the future people duel <laughs> while riding motorcycles. <laughs> yeah. And they like race each other and their With cards, cards. <laughs> affect the race and it is stupid as hell. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, oh so, my God. so we're going to watch, uh, I don't know, a handful of episodes of that. I don't want to say how many, because I, I don't want to be married to a number, um yeah, but yeah probably it, like 10 yeah something like that uh but that'll be an interesting thing to talk about something goofy and stupid but still somehow set in a dystopian you know future it's it's perfect for our world today yeah I, yeah exactly i, I mean, car battled my way i car battled my way to gas today <laughs> yeah i was gonna say every single time we record there's just people zooming down the street right next to me battling their cards i can't think of a more distracting thing to do while driving <laughs> <laughs> like yeah what a fucking ridiculously dangerous idea <laughs> yeah you know that's a good point uh didn't really think about that but we, we, we right, will yeah, we will talk we much more it. about this next week um uh, <laughs> until then i'm michael doak and i'm peter eby and be sure to revisit us next week for Yu-Gi-Oh! 5ds hey there thank you so much for listening hope you're all staying safe out there uh if you want more of our content the best way to access it is to follow us on one of our many social media outlets namely facebook.com slash hbpod and twitter at hbpod uh, where we post all of our content, uh, you know, what we've been watching, uh, what we've been recording, etc. I guess that's not really that, like, not a real myriad of social media outlets, is it? Just two? If you want to get in contact with us, this is also a great way to do so. Of course, you uh, no pressure to get in contact with us. I don't know. I, I never contact podcasts I listen to, so fair enough. Of course, subscribing on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called now, or really any podcatcher app where we show up, is a great way to stay up to date. And while you're there, consider leaving us a review. We would really appreciate it. Stay safe, and we'll see you next week for Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds.